Welcome to the Tele Wellness Hub podcast. I'm Marta Hamilton. And today I have the pleasure of getting to speak with Wendella Marsh. Wendell is a speaker, award-winning author, and CEO of Adult Autism Assessment Services. She lives in Salem, Oregon, but her neurodiversity affirming group practice serves people nationwide. When someone wonders if they might be autistic or have ADHD or if they need counseling or life coaching from someone who really understands them, their practice, adult autism assessment services are here to help. Welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. It's so good to be here with you. Yes, I'm excited. And before we jump into questions, I'm really excited about our conversation today. I want to know more about why do you do the wellness work that you do? Well, that's a good question. You know, I I used to just say, well, I retired first. I had a 40-year career and I took early retirement, which doesn't sound like it would be early, but I did. I was writing books and just seeing like maybe one client a week. And then when the pandemic hit, I was able to go telehealth and could see people from around the world. And I started meeting people who, especially women and trans and non-binary folk, who had tried to get an autism diagnosis. They were late diagnosed autistic people. uh, They hadn't been identified in childhood because they were smart or because they were masking well or just because they were girls. Mm -hmm. And they really needed to know about themselves. Am I autistic? Maybe to get services or understanding. But so often they would go to their doctor or their counselor and be told, oh, you can't be autistic because... You made eye contact. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask, did you teach yourself to make eye contact? Do you force yourself right. because you know it's expected? Mm-hmm. They would just say, oh, you can't be autistic. And when they came and worked with me and found out that they were in fact autistic, when we completed the assessment, it was a huge relief to them. Mm-hmm. And it really helped them go forward with their lives, this new knowledge about themselves and how their brain works. So I didn't want to say no to anyone who asked me to work with them on that. Right. But eventually there were just too many people (laughs) and I'm just one. So I uh, invited people into my group and a lot of them are autistic themselves, either autistic or have ADHD because they really understand. And I love my little group practice now. We're, we're growing and we see people nationwide. Wow. That's an amazing opportunity for people to have access to a therapist that may relate to them that might be familiar with those questions. I think a lot of people, sometimes there's this misconception that therapists are only there to diagnose. They, they, you know, sometimes we forget that they're real people who also face their own experiences in life that can contribute in many ways to help relate to their clients. So I think it's wonderful. Tell me more about your practice. You say you're nationwide and in the description, talked a little yeah. about diagnosing and coaching and wondering if you have ADHD, where, what kind of options or services can you help with? Oh, yeah. Well, we started out just doing adult autism assessment, mm-hmm. but some people also wanted ADHD assessment, so we can do that. Mm-hmm. But then we found that after they get that diagnosis, if they don't already have a counselor that they're working with, many of them wanted counseling. And then some people don't really need a counselor. They don't need therapy or they already have a therapist that they're happy with. But they would like a life coach to just kind of help them with things like time management or social communication, whatever it is. But by offering several different services, we're able to meet the needs of the people that we love to help and across the country. I'm still, I'm hiring, I'm looking for a, Someone who has a, um, who's with SAC so that they can 
50 people in like 26 different states. Mm-hmm. So I just put in that pitch. I am hiring if anybody wants to. Wonderful. You're listening <laughs> and you're looking at great practice to join right here. Yes. Wonderful opportunity. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because you're describing, it sounds like a really holistic approach to something like ADHD. I will share that I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I've never really had an opportunity to really share uh-huh. super publicly, but it happened later in, in my 20s and it kind of like all made sense, uh-huh. right? Like thinking back to when I was growing up, you're like, you can tell where Marta's been because she leaves a trail behind her or different things like that, little things. But like you mentioned, so many people and women, especially I've learned this in research can really eat mass, especially if they're accomplishing, you know, I'm getting A's, but I, I may yes. have some issues in other areas with certain executive functions and tasks and forgetting and things like yeah. that. And you learn how to adapt. So it's, I love uh-huh. that you said the question is maybe people aren't asking the right question. Like you're making eye talk contact, but yes. how hard did you have to work for that? Or are you doing it because it's expected? And you're, it sounds like uh-huh. you help with from the diagnosing to follow up afterwards. Here's some skills. Here are some tools. Here's some resources, which, which is so wonderful because it can be a lot to navigate. Like, okay, I have a diagnosis. Yeah. What? Yes. Yes. That's it. The question is now what? And when I hired more people, I was able to offer more of the now what? Mm-hmm. More of the counseling. My personal strength is not in counseling. I love talking to people and listening, but that's not the, being a good listener is not the same as being a good counselor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it. So I hire people who they are good at the things that I might not be as good at because as you know, no person can do it all. Right. So, uh, so I love my team. They're also, I, I hire people I like, mm-hmm. you know, because we're working together. So, um, and I hope that the people they meet will like them too. I'm really happy with the team that I'm working with. That's so wonderful to have a really, a, a team that you can really feel great about supporting people. I think that's something as listeners, I've gone to therapy myself and I, of course, am a therapist. So kind of understand the dynamics, but how happy your therapist is doing the work that they're doing is really important because it'll translate into the quality of the work that they're, that they're, and their investment in, in the case, in the caseload and the work. So I think. It's so wonderful when there's a really wonderful, positive work environment when doing work with clients. I'm wondering for those who might be in the questioning phase, like do I or does my child or does my partner have a neuro criteria for a neurodiverse diagnosis? What are some common things you might see people come to you with in terms of their questions or their struggles? Well... We actually have on the website a quiz. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, when, when I was, when I was a teenager, the original Star Trek was a really big deal mm-hmm. with, uh, Captain Kirk and, uh, Dr. McCoy and Mr. Spock. So I created a quiz. Of course, I don't own the rights to those characters. So mine is about, are you more like Captain Quirk or Dr. McFoy or <laughs> half human Mr. Luck? And through a series of questions designed to say, should you be tested for autism. It's really just a fun quiz because I like writing about those characters. Yeah. But it also kind of gives them an idea of, well, hmm, maybe I should get tested. Hmm. Plus, it will sign them up for a newsletter. Once a month, I have a, a newsletter, an e-newsletter uh, called Neurodivergent News. Also, when they come to us, the first thing we offer them is a free consultation. 
Wow. And that's up to a half hour. They can get their questions out. We can tell them what it would be like. One thing we know about many people who are autistic is they like to know what to expect. They don't want surprises. They like to be able to plan a little bit and feel comfortable in what they're going to embark on. So we give them a free half-hour consultation. Uh, the other thing is, at their first session, one of the first questionnaires that we do is a screener. And with that screener, if we come to the end of it and say, this person probably is not autistic, they can just, we'll stop it right there. They will not owe us any money for that first session. We'll just say, that's fine. You can change your mind and no harm, no foul, mm-hmm. no no money paid. Right. And because uh, we don't want to lead someone down a path and then say, you've given us a lot of money for us to say you were wrong. <laughs> We'd rather not do that. So we like to feel pretty comfortable that we're on the right path with someone before we proceed any further. Well, I think it's so wonderful. It sounds like you are offering free resources, a monthly newsletter, free consultation, free yeah. opportunity to know what to expect also, right? To have a real a lot of clarity because I think the uncertainty yes. of what does this mean? What am I experiencing? Yeah. What is therapy even like? What do I even need? I think there's, there's so much uncertainty. Yeah. Sounds like you're you're helping yes, you close we, that. So there's not a little less ambiguity. That That is our goal. We really want people to feel comfortable with us. And with the kinds of questionnaires that we use, if they go through the whole assessment, just saying true, false, one, three, two, you know, whatever the question is, mm-hmm. if they just give us the basic answers because they're not big talkers, we will still get the information that we need. If they are people who like to say, well, it's, two, but sort of three because of this. And well, it used to be true, but now it's, if they want to talk a lot, that's okay too. We get to know them even better. Whatever their personal style is, we will be able to get the information we need to make a firm diagnosis that we stand behind. Oh, that's wonderful. Just to have that confidence to allow time. It sounds like there's an allowance of an opportunity to connect, to share. No one's feeling rushed really being able to have plenty of time to have confidence in in the plan moving forward, which is wonderful. That's always our goal. Yeah. How many roles do you have within your practice then? It sounds like you have, I know we talked about, you have someone available to diagnose, you have coaches and and they're available nationwide. What are some of the areas that people can get support in? Because I think a lot of people don't might wonder like, well, how can I even get help? What kind of, what would the help look like? So I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about like, yeah. what what's available to people. Okay. Because not everybody wants a diagnosis or uh, can afford a diagnosis. For some people, they don't need a piece of paper for work or for school. They just want to know. Right. And paying the full price for an assessment may not be something that they can easily do. So one of our, one of our life coaching courses is called self-diagnosis with imposter syndrome. Wow. It's not a diagnosis, but it's a chance to talk over with somebody else and to go through and get, I mean, anybody can look up the DSM criteria online, mm-hmm. but to talk to somebody who knows about it and say, well, I wonder if this, I wonder if that until they feel confident within themselves that yes, they can self-diagnose. And I fully approve of self-diagnosis. He knows them better than they do. We do have assessment for people who need formal diagnosis and who can afford a formal diagnosis. But life coaching, it might be in a particular category, life 
Time management. A lot of people struggle with that and they want somebody to give them strategies. It might be dating, like a Mm -hmm. dating coach. We have one that is called Choose Your Own Adventure Life Coaching, where where you decide what you want to learn. The coach is not going to tell you, you need this. If you're autistic, then you must need Mm -hmm. social skills. No, we will never do that. If the person comes to us and says, this is what I want to work on, we're there for them. And with the counseling, if someone is really struggling, as with any counselor, if they're struggling with anxiety or depression, then life coaching is not enough for that. Uh, Life coaching is, I need help with my daily organization skills. I need to set a routine for myself. With anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, you know, all those diagnoses, Mm -hmm. then we need to refer to a counselor who is actually trained in those very things. How wonderful that through your practice, people can, you you have the ability to discern when someone might need a little something more support, perhaps, or a different type, a different approach to support. Mm-hmm. And within the same uh-huh. practice, receive that. So there's kind of that, that initial, the same values within the practice, the same opportunity for communication, probably along yeah. the providers, which probably makes it a lot easier for people navig- to navigate what they need. Yeah, we really do like to help them. And our practice manager, Megan, she is great at getting people to the right professional for them. She is like the first call. When you call or email the practice, you're going to meet Megan. And she's great. I could not function without Megan, I tell you. She, she's wonderful. Shout out to Megan. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like we're just really helping connect the right people. In the wellness world, There, it's so multidimensional. We know that there are many pillars of wellness and it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, environmental, for example. And it sounds like within your practice, you really look at individual needs because an individual's wellness goals will really vary widely based on the individual. And it sounds like you really take that into account from even do they need a piece of paper for school? Can they afford it? I mean, really, yeah. that's that's wonderful. That's really taking into consideration from a holistic wellness approach too. And I think one thing that I think might set us apart from others is that we are a, a neurodiversity affirming practice. Yes. Everyone in our practice. And um, what that means to us is we know that there's nothing wrong with being autistic. There's nothing wrong with having ADHD. Uh, It's not, I know the DSM calls it a disorder, Mm -hmm. but it is a different brain. It's in the minority. Majority of people have a neurotypical or a neuromajority brain. Mm -hmm. And whenever you get a majority, that's who makes the rules. So Mm -hmm. the rules are, you look at somebody's eyes when you're talking to them. And if you don't, then we might think you're lying. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, you know, we actually hear with our ears, not our eyes. <laughs> so, um, so we're not trying to change autistic people and try to teach them how to mask better and how to be more like neurotypical. I would rather change the rest of the world to say, you know, not everybody is like me. I am neurotypical myself. I will acknowledge it. <laughs> I was married for uh, almost 27 years. My late husband was autistic. Two of our three kids now grown. All three of them were late diagnosed autistics, mm-hmm. which are the people I work with now, the late diagnosed, mm-hmm. masking for years, getting by, not realizing why they felt out of sync. Some studies have shown that when you put autistic people with autistic people and you put typical people with typical people, there is no communication problem. Mm-hmm. Autistic folks do not have a problem with social communication. But when the two groups try to talk to each other, because they're on a different wavelength, they do not communicate well. 
Wow. And the majority tend to put the, the, the weight on, well, the autistic people must not be doing it right. They must be bad at social communication. But when they're talking to other autistic people, they are not bad at social communication. <laughs> it's more like we have, we have Apple, Mac, and we have PC, mm -hmm. and they're both good computers. Mm -hmm. But when you try to make them talk to each other, it's not neat. It's not easy. It's not natural for mm -hmm. them. I'm sure it can be done if you have the technology and the, I don't know, cords. <laughs> I don't know how those things work. Yeah. But I do know, I, I do know that autistic people, are not disabled in social communication. They just have a different style and, and it is in the minority. What resources would you recommend for someone who wants to learn more about how they can be affirming as well for neurodiverse populations, maybe oh. their teachers or I think everyone, right? Because everyone could benefit from learning about a way to be affirming for their neighbor, their friend, their classmates, what uh, co-workers. Yeah. What, what are some resources or some tips you might recommend? Yeah, for for therapists, I'm reading a book right now. I did not write it, but I almost wish I did. <laughs> it is called Adult Autism Assessment Handbook, a neurodiversity affirming practice. And it's it's written by professionals who are very, you know, learned and they do all this research and have footnotes and everything, you know, like big heavy book mm -hmm. um, and about half of them are autistic themselves and it's really good okay i'm when i finish reading it i'll probably buy it for all my team members because it's good now the books i write are more easy reading <laughs> they're more lighthearted mm -hmm. and i do have one called recognizing autism in women and girls mm. and that i think anybody could pick up and read because i'm not i'm not such a learned kind of a writer mm. i just write mm -hmm. stuff so, so this goes through the DSM and kind of explains how each of these points might be different in women. But then I've also made up seven fictional characters of women who were misidentified as this girl is shy. This one was, mm -hmm. they said she had OCD or they thought it was just ADHD. And from, it goes through their whole lives from childhood up until they finally were diagnosed of, oh, it's autism to just kind of illustrate by stories about fictional people. But even more important, at the end of every chapter, I have a section called Her Own Words, which is actually autistic people, women for this book, are sharing their own experiences because I want to amplify those voices of the autistic mm -hmm. people who have lived the experience. And I've got their stories throughout my book. And I had fun writing it. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I want to ask questions about you as an author, an award-winning author. I thought, I, I, and it oh. like that's one book. So can you share a little bit about that? About your well, award well, sure. and your experience writing? <laughs> well, when I first retired, uh, I had been working in schools. And my first book was called The ABCs of Autism in the Classroom. And it's to teachers. And all of my books have fictional characters to illustrate my points. And paragraphs or anecdotes shared by actually autistic people. Those are going to be in all my books. And then I wrote Independent Living with Autism, Your Roadmap to Success for Adults. That one won the grand prize at the Chanticleer International Book Awards for its year. So Congratulations. I was, uh, I, I was yes. a real team. That was, that was kind of exciting. Yes. And I, I also co-authored a, a book for parents with a, a neurological pediatrician named Ahmed. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, my daughter Siobhan 
she's my, she's not my autistic daughter. She's a writer and, and has won awards on her own. Oh, she strongly encouraged me to write a book for homeschooling parents. Wow. About autism. Because suddenly, yeah, kids were all at home. Autistic kids were used to a special education curriculum. Right. And they were home. So I, I was in the middle of the parenting book, which, which was a slower process. And she, I need to write that book. So I finally said, well, will you write it with me? And she said, yes. So my daughter, Siobhan Marsh, and I co-wrote homeschooling autism style. Oh my goodness. She, That's amazing. I don't think I've ever seen had, a book about homeschooling. Well, homeschooling autism style, it's out there. And it won the gold prize in the Nonfiction Authors Association. Amazing. So that was that was very gratifying. And I tell you, we put out that book in, in two weeks. Usually it takes like a, a year, but we were press. You know, when the publisher said, yes, we will. Can you do it in two weeks? Because there's parents out there right now. Yeah. Their kids are home because it's a pandemic. Yes. And nobody knows what to do. Yes. So wow. it's like I would wake up early and I would write 10,000 words and then she would wake up and I would give her the computer and she would write 10,000 words. And then we would check each other, you know, edit each other's work. And in two weeks of solid writing, we turned in that book and it's out there. Amazing. I'm going to look it up and I'll make sure to include links to all of these books now. I'm going to look all of oh, them, cool. but links to all of it in the show notes. Okay. Yes. Oh, well, thanks. Yes. And then I wrote Recognizing Autism in Women and Girls. And that one won a first in the Chanticleer International Book Awards oh my. for its category. Um, I'm in the process right now of a book series uh, called Adulting While Autistic. The first one was Dating While Autistic. It came out on Valentine's Day. The second one is Relating While Autistic. It's for couples, mixed signals for couples, um, where one or both of them are neurodivergent. And that one is coming out in June. It's already, it's already been sent off. And right now I'm writing Parenting While Autistic. It, I think it'll come out in December. Amazing. Probably. So you are full-time, really, truly, it sounds like you're full-time writing author. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And also full-time CEO. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yes. Full-time CEO. So no wonder when you said there was only one of me, there's only so much. Yeah. And I'm glad to have an amazing team to support this goal and mission. I love my team. And you know, and I'm, I'm partly trying to work fast and hard because I already retired once. I will probably retire again someday. <laughs> and I'm going to see how much work I can do before it's <laughs> Yes. So, so I'm, it's not like I have a deadline. I don't have an expiration date, but I might want to, you know, I'd like to like slow down in five years and retire again in, in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, it, see how that goes. Clearly you're very inspired and passionate about this, which I think, it, I mean, it shines through everything that you're saying, the work that you're doing truly for those who may be in a, in a point where they're working on setting goals for wellness or actively trying to reach their goals for wellness. And wellness is defined in the dictionary by the quality or state of being in good health, especially as an actively sought goal. For those who are setting goals or reaching their or working on reaching their goals for wellness, everyone's is individual, right? What words of encouragement do you have for them? Well, I would want to say you deserve, you are worthy of taking time on yourself, not just on other people. When I, I journal in the mornings and I have goals for things like my books and my practice, and I 
always include a self-care goal mm-hmm. because um, it's important. We all we all need to take care of ourselves, and we deserve that time to have a time or a practices or whatever it is that we need. And it is individual, but it's always worth the time or the money or the, you know, if you're signing up for classes or just taking time off from work. You know, sometimes I do that. I just like hang out with my kids because mm-hmm. they're really good company. <laughs> yes. Well, that is good to hear. You deserve it. I think we sometimes forget that is wonderful words of encouragement. You deserve it. And you can take time and you can journal and plan self-care and all those things. Yeah. yeah. Self-care can be a goal too. And thank you for your work that you're doing to help get people's wellness practices, help get them out there in the world so people can find. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm happy to. I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I used to have a group practice and I'm thinking, oh, I would have loved to have you as a referral. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to share I would love to share, go to this person and they'll help you. They'll know it's free <laughs> and they'll meet you where you, what your, where your needs are. And I think that is, that is amazing. And I think affirming neurodivergence is an important thing. I, I, I think it's a, it's an important and an important, valuable conversation that needs to be had. So I'm hoping that anyone out there too, maybe learn something new today and feels inspired too by, by this conversation. I'm wondering, where can people find you? Where can people find you? Well, our, our website is adultautistassessment.com. It is what we do. It is the name of our website. If you want to email me, it would be Dr. Wendy, D-R-W-E-N-D-Y at adultautismassessment.com. And if you go to the website, you will find on the contact sheet, if it says, you know, take our Galaxy Trek quiz, you can take a quiz on the contact. It'll connect you with Megan and she can get you set for a free consultation. And there's probably also a link to my author's site, which is wendellawhitcombmarsh.com. And I probably need to update it because I don't think I have the newest book covers on there yet. So, Okay, I was going to have the books on in. there or an Amazon or where can people find the books too? Yeah. Uh, Amazon or Bar- Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books. Okay. You know, maybe your local bookseller or your library. Yes. Okay, great. Well, Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on here. I hope listeners, you feel inspired to set new goals, to pursue those and remind yourself that you deserve wellness in your life. So thank you for taking time to listen in on our conversation. That in and of itself is a form of self-care, allowing yourself to do that. So thank you. And thank you, Dr. Wendy. Yeah. And thank you, Marta. It's been lovely to spend time with you. It's been wonderful. Thank you. 